That was a good one. I love the sound effects after too. Welcome into another episode of No Puns Allowed. I am Paige. That is Kramer. Um, a lot to get to in terms of randomness today. I feel like that yep. should be the name of the pod is like complete and utter randomness. Um, but I think we would be remiss if we did not talk about the most viral moment in probably internet history that occurred over the weekend. And it has nothing to do with sports at all. And that is Will Smith smacking the, you know what, out of Chris Rock. Um, did you watch it live? I know you joined me on the Twitter fun, but were you watching it live? Yes. A quick aside on Sunday night, I took my kids, um, Bowling for my wife's birthday. We have. I've not been Happy bowling. Happy birthday, Caitlin. Yes. Have you been bowling? When's the last time you were bowling? Um, in December, I went bowling. I've. I already, love to bowl. Like, okay, I have already got this thing off the rails, but bear with me. So I, I had not been bowling in five, five years, mm-hmm. ten years. Uh, first off, I am fucking terrible at bowling. Right. <laughs> Uh, terrible, terrible, terrible. Second, I was genuinely sore. I'm not sore now because we record on a Wednesday, but I was sore for about two days. If you want to talk about pathetic dad moments of bowling. So we go bowling. We're very tired. My kids crash. Fun time. I suck. Get home. Finally put it on. Had no intentions of watching the Oscars, although I did watch Dune and Nightmare Alley. I watched Nightmare Alley this last week. It was pretty good. Um, I'm on my computer lining up interviews for the week my tv goes silent i hear chris rock talking and then all of a sudden i don't and i say to caitlin my wife i said goddamn cable like i thought my cable was out but it was because it went to all of a sudden like it had cut out so i did not see it live but i heard the absence of sound like and i assumed it was a connection issue yeah it was definitely not a connection issue it was shit going down so I thought it was a bit at first. Did you think it was a bit? I, so I, w- I didn't see it live. So I watch a lot of the like red carpet stuff. Cause that's the stuff that I like, but the show itself, like I'll record and watch like later when I feel like it. But I, there's a show on Netflix called Bridgerton, which by the way, just watch it. I, you need to like, it's on Caitlin the list. Watch. It's on the list. It's, yes. Okay. It's fantastic. Um, it's definitely more of a chick thing, but it's definitely for everyone, in my opinion, because it's great acting. But um, I will say I was in the middle of watching that and I like I randomly check my phone um, and I got like one of the like Twitter notifications about like like something like trending. And I looked on Twitter and I was like, what happened? Like I and so I'm looking on Twitter. So I the first time I watched it, I saw it with sound. And so I heard the like keep my wife's name, like all of that. So I knew immediately it wasn't a joke. And I was like, that is insane. Like how how, what? Like I I was I was like legitimately speechless. And I was watching with my mom and I like I like paused. I was like, mom, we have to watch now because like if Will Smith wins, I also want to hear his speech. So we pivoted to watching that so we could hear him talk if he won um, the Oscar, which he did. Um, I thought it was a strange turn of events to be a vessel Very of love strange. after slapping someone in the face um, and also to like receive a standing ovation. It was the weirdest, uh, so one weird. of the weirdest things to like experience. Cause also like, those are people that were like, we don't know them, but we like feel like we know them. And we, that just felt very like out of character for everyone. Like it just felt like. I think like I know a- Will Smith now. I think I know who yeah. Will Smith is. Like, I think I, I think I know. I mean, he shared a lot. Him and his wife have shared a lot. And don't get me wrong. Oh, I've watched yeah. the Red Table Talk stuff because I find some of the people that they have on there pretty interesting. Um, and also I watched the whole in, like entanglement thing that happened. So I was just like very confused. At first, that's what I thought the joke was going to be about. And then I found out what the joke was actually about. It was just like this whole thing. And then the best part about this is that it was a, I mean, everyone on Twitter was talking about it. And usually that is something that's like, reserved for like really big historical moments in like politics and sports and so um to see that sort of happen i was like okay this is probably one of the top five like twitter moments of like my lifetime like nothing will top that in terms of like shock value but it got me thinking about like yes I, the, the memes, I mean, it's, a it's so, it's not also, it's a very sensitive subject. So I don't want to like make, like we're totally making light of this, but it was no. great for, for content. But 
it got me thinking about like some of the best like Twitter days in sports because a lot of times like we, I mean, even at Bleacher Report, you get an alert where it's like tr- Twitter reacts to such and such happening. Um, and there's been some really, really great Twitter moments, but I'm curious what maybe your like top three sports yes. Twitter moments were like best days on Twitter in terms of being a sportsman or worse, if it was something okay. bad for your like own yeah. team. So Twitter, I'm not nearly as connected to Twitter as I once was mm-hmm. probably getting older, too much shit going on, job, parenting, whatever, but also because it's not nearly as, as fun as it used to be. Twitter, yeah, it's just not. But it is. In that moment, Twitter is fun. And yes, the same joke is done 400 times, but it's great. So Twitter was great. Real quick on the Chris Rock thing. I thought when I watched it a few times, Chris Rock was going to go when he's getting yelled at. And he goes, you could tell he was because all these comedians and I forget where I heard this today, but it's so true. I think I was listening to Dan Levitard show. And they made the point that like Chris Rock was probably ready with ammunition to go back at Will Smith, who's yelling at him. If you're a comedian, yeah. you know, being you're heckled and they're great on their feet. I'm surprised he didn't go back. And he also took a slap quite well. To the face like, and didn't. That was just, astonishing. It's it was I, just the fantastic. fact that he didn't like grab his jaw or react and just like took it. That's why everyone thought it was a bit because he took it so well. But it, it, I no, mean, it was it was incredible, just like a surreal sequence. But like, so for me, when I think of my enjoyment of Twitter, I do think college football like is where I it's where I come from. Realignment Twitter, and there's a few instances of realignment page when like college football okay. all hell is breaking loose. Now I'm doing college football edition. This is a college football podcast, but we're off the rails. Last, when Oklahoma and Texas are leaving and shit is hitting the fan, that was fun. But go back to the day the Pac-12 almost became the Pac-16 and you had like Brett McMurphy throwing over haymakers. That was fun because in our little world, right, that was the end of college football as you know it. Like that was Monte Teo. Also college, I'm doing a college football edition. Monte yeah. Teo, the whole thing, that was crazy. I remember in our world when that was happening, it was like, no, 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 this can't actually be a real story. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I think groomers is definitely a good one. Anytime there's a Gruden um, to like Tennessee or Tennessee something. coaching searches are yeah, tremendous. Yeah, that, that could be its own tremendous category. Tw- it is. Tennessee that coaching could... searches, wonderful Twitter content. Um. For me, outside of college football, I will say um, the this was like the start of like hashtag NBA Twitter. But when um, DeAndre Jordan was a free agent, he was with the Clippers. And there was the rumor that he was going to the Mavs and Blake Griffin and co and like CP3 and them all flew to his house and it became like this like big thing and like they were joking around and like I'll never forget Blake Griffin tweeting a picture of like a chair that was like chair, up against a yeah. door. And then there was like banana like the banana boat emojis from like when LeBron and D Wade and them were all on the banana boat. Like there were so many things and everybody was kind of in on the joke. Um and I was living for it, obviously, because at the time, like that that Clippers team that was CP3 and DeAndre and Blake and JJ Reddick and and Jamal Crawford, um, who by the way just retired. Um that was like one of the best Twitter moments because everyone was getting in on it and nobody knew what was going to happen. And it, then it just became playful. That was probably one of the first like real like days of Twitter where like I really loved like everybody w- hanging on every bit of what people were tweeting and all of that stuff. Um, that was a big one for me. And then I will say when Tiger won the Masters, that was a huge, huge Twitter day. I mean, obviously that was on the my most list recent too. time. The most recent time would be Tiger winning the Masters because those the pictures and everything just like, I don't know, that was cool. And, you know, obviously we hope that happens again. Um, But that was probably one of the cooler sports Twitter moments. But, yeah, I would say college football definitely has a few. Um, Yeah. But. But what is like there? It's hard to find. So I, I saw people talking about this. Okay, most of the things that break Twitter are actually like very. Random. Sad and horrible oh, God, and yeah. random. Someone dies. Kobe um, dying was yeah. like, like I, Twitter will, it was just shot. I don't think I've seen Twitter 
And we've seen some terrible things. I don't want to take this down that path. But most of the things that break Twitter are actually really quite terrible. Now, this there is an element of sadness in the Will Smith slap. Mm -hmm. But, like, it's largely just, holy shit, everyone is okay. Probably shouldn't have slapped him. Probably shouldn't have talked about his wife. This shit happened between two very famous people on, like, this enormous stage, which, by the way, the ratings are up 40%. Of course they're up 40%. Um, I'm surprised there's not more. So it's hard, like this was like it's hard to find a comparison of something truly this large. And I'm sure there's something out there. But every yeah. time I looked it up, like as comparisons, they're all like really sad. Not well, like good. people yeah, were like good. saying like the OJ Bronco chase and like things like that were like as equally as shocking. And like people were everyone around the world was watching. Um the the one that's actually very lighthearted that I can remember because I remember being in the BR office. Do you remember when those llamas got out of the zoo in Arizona? Yes. And they were like running so. everywhere. And like those are the ones that are really ridiculous because like that is just something that's like not even a ce- has like celebrity value in there. It is just legitimately like randomness and like, oh, my God, this is what's happening. I remember that day pretty well because it was on every TV in the Bleacher Report office, um, which was just I mean, it, it was hilarious. Um, but yeah, one of the more shocking moments that I've ever experienced on Twitter. And also I think like, like you said, like sometimes it's kind of hard to have fun on Twitter because no matter what you say, like I made a joke about how like if Chris Rock comes on the Red Table Talk, which is Jada Pinkett Smith's show to like talk about this, then like we know it's fake because obviously that would boost publicity a ton or whatever. Oh, yes. And that was clearly a joke. And someone responded to me and was like, anyone with a pulse would see this isn't a joke. Or not fake. I'm like, okay, clearly I was joking. I was joking. Thank you very much. Speaking of that, actually, I tweeted something on Monday. Someone commenting, trying to troll me on Twitter. I just would like to say that I do not care. And if you would like to comment rude things on the things that I post, I don't care. Thank you. So you're calling (laughs) this shithead out? What? Yeah, they like, I posted something and they commented on it. It was a TikTok. They commented on it. They're... It was about, like, being a woman in sports, and he was like, well, maybe if you didn't refer to yourself as a girly girl who worked in sports instead of a woman in sports, and I just wrote back woman with the asterisk to reply. Don't insult me if you don't have proper grammar, all right? Get out of here. Um, First off, that person sounds fucking terrible. Um, Second (laughs) off, I just thought of another Twitter moment, which was Pole Assassin, Um, the monkey... Oh and my, how did we forget about that? That was from this pull, year. This year assassin. actually in college football was really great. Pull assassin, I, Brian Kelly being gone. That was wild. That that was like, I made a joke about that. And then it got put on freezing cold takes because it was, and it was only like six hours old. I was scared I to tweet about happening. it though. I was scared to tweet about it. I'm going to be completely honest. Pull um, assassin? Pull assassin. I was gun shy on that one. I'm usually ready. Like I'm cracking the knuckles. Like, all right. What are we going to do here? That one scared the shit out of me a little bit. You had a monkey biting a kid. It was not good. So to give a little like behind the curtain, as Adam Kramer says, um, when we are looking, I used to work on the app alerts team for Bleacher Report. And like when you're going through Twitter and you see stories like you verify through a lot of different ways to make sure that these stories are like real before you like alert them. Because a lot of people try and do fake accounts, try to fake people out. That was like a Reddit thread that started to go pretty viral. And I saw it that the night before, like it actually was like a thing. Um, and I was like, I had known a little piece of information prior, knowing that 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 coach had dated his that his girlfriend was a stripper. And so yes. I was like, I know that that part's real. So like, how far fetched is it that like there's a monkey and there's an issue because she, I know she's a stri- was a stripper, is a stripper, was a stripper, whatever. To each his own. Um, but yes. tomato, I, tomato. Yeah, exactly. And I legitimately was like, this could be real. And I remember waking up the next morning, like Yahoo had posted it. And I was like, oh, they God. obviously confirmed things. Like, you know which outlets are very diligent. And the people that work for them that we know um, are very diligent about putting oh, out God. stories about these things. Probably one of the funnier Days. I mean, obviously, knowing that the kid was okay and there wasn't a huge issue, but it, yes, well, there was some sadness. To, every, to everything funny, there's a little bit of sadness. Clearly, of course, it, it, and I think that's the proper um, thermometer of funny is there has to be like it's there's got the stakes got to be high. Yeah. Um, 
But her tweeting through it and then deleting all the tweets was the part that was um, funny in this. So, yes. There's a lot of uh, good Twitter moments. I hope, I mean, Twitter can be absolutely vile, but sometimes it can bring everybody together. There are certain things that really do bring people together. Um, something that we obviously do have to talk about because we talked about it a lot over the past couple of weeks, and I'll just acknowledge um, something that's humorous that involves a little sadness is the uh, Arizona Wildcats being knocked out of the NCAA tournament. I'm sorry. Um, the humorous part of that is having a team shoot over 50% from three against you and then go play in the Elite Eight game and go like, oh, for their first 16 or something ridiculous like that from three and end up losing in the next round. But that was tough. But I'm glad that, you know, I get to go to the final four now in New Orleans and enjoy it. And I would much rather them be there, but I don't have to worry about being unprofessional and screaming and cheering during this one. I was worried no about you. Interest. Unprofessional <laughs> is the wrong word. I was worried about your like your well-being in trying to navigate your job <laughs> and your passion. Yeah, uh, my emotions. That's sort of unprofessional. I guess that's a really like like long-winded way of saying don't be unprofessional. But yes, I and no, I I don't not, have to do a TikTok video. That's the other thing. I'm yes, you don't have to do a TikTok video, which we will get you to do eventually. No, I, but I think I'm in. as you don't work in sports unless you have like a fandom and a passion for certain teams, like that's where it starts. So I think everybody would understand that like that would be hard for me to not be excited or stressed out about yes. it. Yes. Um, if my, my team was there, but you know, it happens and we didn't play well. So it's not like I can't be like, well, we put our best, you know, that was our best foot forward and we weren't a team that could have won it. Like it wasn't a good game for a lot of people. So that, that kind of hindered our chances, but yeah, no, I'm excited to go to new Orleans and, um, watch the blue bloods. I do as like a college basketball nerd, like it's kind of cool for me to be able to say that like, I'll be at coach K's last game, regardless of what happens. Um, so regardless of if he wins a championship on his way out or loses to UNC, a rival, first time they've ever played each other in the NCAA tournament, um, there's a lot of really cool historical things that are taking place. Um, but I'm curious who you are betting on in the final four. Well, so, so I, I, you know, I was looking at this the other night. I put this on Twitter today. I think you can, and I don't... I think you could make a legitimate case for any of these teams to win yes. the national championship, which is not as a non-basketball junkie. I don't think that's normal for a final four. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I think you can make a legitimate case. And then the lines sort of speak to that. You've got Villanova plus four and a half versus Kansas. You've got Duke minus four versus North Carolina. Um, I'm really struggling with this. I actually like Villanova at five to one to win the national championship from a future betting standpoint. I think that's really good value. I kind of lean Villanova Duke. Um, okay. I liked, I bet Houston though. That was bad. Um, Villanova's playing really well. So I'm struggling with these games, but Villanova to me feels like a nice value play. I don't know if you have strong thoughts on either of these games. So I am not going to touch the Duke UNC one because I do think that that game is just going to be straight up emotional. Like that is emotions running high and anything could happen in that moment. I do think Duke is playing its best basketball that it's played all season. Having watched them and seen some of the games that they've played that have gotten away from them at the end, they have not shown that sign of weakness playing in March and and this is when it matters. Um, Yes. I'm a little worried that no one is talking about Kansas. Like, not a soul is like, hey, I think Kansas is going to win. Too. So I might I'm sprinkle it. a little bit on Kansas because I'm like, sprinkle. no one's talking about it. A little, little sprinkle. Um, no one is talking about them. And they're good. I mean, they are a good team. And physically, I think um, Villanova has a player out. So um, there, yes, there are factors that I'm not sure about. It's not great. But I, do, but I do really, really. I'm rooting if I had to pick a team – to win, I would be rooting for Villanova. Obviously, Wildcats, I feel like I have to go with that. Um, but I don't know. Like, I so, I could honestly so you, see I, – this sounds crazy. I could honestly see UNC winning this. Me too. No, like legitimately, of, I'm – Because I'm of the, like, emotion that's that. high there. Like, say, like, we get a, a Kansas-UNC, um, like, uh, national championship – 
UNC. Did I say USC? Jeez. No, you um, said NC, I think. Okay. I was like, wait a minute. Whatever. Um, USC's no sense. Yeah, they're certainly no, not. They're not. The, you're not talking about them. Yeah. <laughs> hey, no disrespect to the Pac-12. But anyway. No. But I just feel like that would be such a good game. That would be a close game. It would be fun. Like, I think people think that, you know, Duke is going to run away with it because of the Coach K stuff. They are playing great basketball, and it could be a complete blow. I totally get that. I think that but adds another think the layer of spe- so- like, Well, that's that's it, though. Like, okay, well, here's what I'm going with. You're going to be there. You're covering this for work. But, like, screw that. Like, the most interesting outcome for you is Coach K winning it all, right? Mm-hmm. For you, just as a oh, basketball fan. Well, business-wise, for sure. When you're thinking of, like, what the angle <laughs> yeah, is, it's numbers. like, yeah, buddy. Yeah, yeah, like. Well, and also the writer that I'm going with has been a Duke fan his whole life, so I feel like that would be oh, really Jesus. exciting to exp- to experience that with him. Um, but I mean, it would be it would be in like the top probably three coolest sports moments that I've ever seen in my life. It would ha- actually have to be number one: watching Coach K win a title in his last year. Like that would be insanity. Like that. That's it would just be like insanity. the that would be the like mecca of all the sports things. Um, it would be awesome. I am rooting for, well, first off, I'm rooting for you to eat wonderful food. Yes. Like, I'm so excited. My prior, my priority list. Um, I'm <laughs> fucking jealous too, by the way. I love new Orleans. Uh, I've been Vegasing frequently, but new Orleans hits different. Uh, it has Vegas vibes it, though. <laughs> yeah, it does. It, yeah. There's tomfoolery vibes. So I'm, I'm envious of that. So food, maximum storylines from a professional level yes and then just intrigue in general but it's you know the event itself is kind of weird so when we go to like football which we've done like you go there like four days early you talk to people access kind of sucks and i'm curious by the way i I did want to ask you about that and then you go to a football game and you go home and then you go to another one but here you go to two games you breathe for a day and then you go to another which is actually awesome from a coverage standpoint that is cool is the media stuff virtual still are they letting you like talk to people do you know no so what's weird about it is there's a number of layers here um the first is that it's nowhere near as like i don't mean to say this to be rude but it's nowhere as near organized as the college football playoff because it's one game and they have this set up there's like not like a media schedule or like uh hey i don't even know about the hospitality situation i have no idea like what what is going on? And this is my first time going to a Final Four, so I'm cur- I'm excited to kind of like see how it is compared to the national championship for for college football. Um, but it is weird to think that like we have like because you know like we've talked about this on the podcast like game day for the national championship is like such a weird day because it's like such an antsy yeah. feeling, and like I I have that like twice that like even though the games start yeah. technically earlier, it's still pretty late in the day that the Final Four starts. Um, what time do they start? And those by days the way? are I need always to just playing my day drinking here. Day, your day drinking. Let's look. Um, oh, hold on, I've got the odds up too. So this is on. It says five oh nine p.m. I don't know if that's Eastern or. That's probably that's Central because it's it says three oh nine for me, which obviously is not that, but local yes, time. Is so probably Central six. time. Oh, so it it's... makes sense because it's in New Orleans. Yeah. All right. So five o'clock. Um, but like, I it's it's weird for me to like do it this way because I'm so used to doing like the national championship and having to be this way. But I'm I mean, it's exciting. It'll be really cool to see. Also, like how fans show up for a final four. Like I've seen a lot of people tweeting about going. Also, we need to talk about this. Someone screenshotted pictures of what it costs to fly from Durham to New Orleans, and then what it costs to fly from Kansas City to. Um, New Orleans, and it was like thousands and thousands of dollars. New like Orleans three, is not an easy airport two to, three. to get into. No, like my flights I, have oh always god, I'm sucked. having like flashbacks of. I actually bought a sweatshirt that I wear a lot in that in that airport. I'm a sucker for a like gift shop or a bookstore or something that's like swag to remember being in a place. New Orleans, New Orleans was the last city I was in before COVID. It was as yeah. I was there when they shut down Bourbon Street. So New Orleans and I like we got to reconcile here. Um, yeah. We'll get back there for sure. It's gonna. It's always gonna hold a special place in my heart because it's where I saw my. It's where I covered my first national championship, and now where I cover my first final four. So, New Orleans is definitely an interesting place. 
Also, I don't remember if you remember this, but uh, I don't know if you remember this, but there was like a huge rainstorm one of the like last nights we were there. I do. And on my way to the airport, my Uber took like a ways to get to um, like W A Y Z E W A Z yeah yeah the app yeah whatever the fuck it is yes he used ways and went like a back road and we got to a road where it was like a downhill slope to go up and it was completely flooded and so I'm by myself you you and Hayes had already left uh, New Orleans and I was by myself on my way to the airport in this Uber and it's like the uh, he's in like a a minivan and he's. No, and he's like, all right, we're going. And I was like, if I get stuck with my big-ass suitcase in the middle of this, there's no, like, the Holding freeway is over here. Yeah, like, literally, like, walking through. Like, can you imagine? And so I'm oh. literally, he's driving Hung through. Hungover as hell. Yeah, like. I'm sitting there going, oh. And I had been up at, until 4 in the morning, slept until, like, 9, got a little breakfast. Like, I was so done. At that point, my body was like, okay, we need to go yeah. home. Um, I think the final four would be kinder to my my liver, but I should knock on something. I think um, it's probably because I'm not there. Yeah, probably. yeah. There's no, That's, there's no. Sorry. Remember, we decided that it was your fault um, that I. Yes, I'm happy know, to take the blame on this. Um, um, but yeah, no, I'm excited to get back there. It should be interesting. There's a lot of good storylines coming out of it. Um, but yeah, if anyone has fun. any recommendations for for food, let me know. I got a lot of good ones on Twitter. Um. I need to find a good gumbo place. The the writer Carrie Miller, who I'm you've been to Mother's. Um, That's Mother's is like the the trademark. No. Like Mother's is very good. Mother's okay. is. Um, I, we, we'll talk. I mean, you need to go to. What was the place we went that was phenomenal? Uh, it's called Revolution. Oh my god, that was Jesus. probably one of the best meals I've had in my life. Sponsor us, so Revolution. Good. Please, please, please. We will come and eat every. Well, once a month, we'll take a trip to New Orleans. Whatever, whatever it takes. <laughs> whatever, uh, live shows, whatever you want. Live shows once a month. Um, I am excited to see that new Popeyes, though. Yes, I thought I, people were joking. I mean, I've had Popeyes, obviously. Now, actually, yet last year was the first year. Our twenty twenty was the first year that I had Popeyes for the first time because during quarantine, my family like ordered it for the first what? time because none of us had had it. No, it's not Wait. like a thing. Oh my god, though, that's a you can't like. It's a powerful <laughs> statement you can just drop just very casually. Like, yeah, we, wow. I didn't have a oh. Waffle House until... We don't have Waffle Houses here. That's like my sports writer's yeah. hungover coffee, drink seven cups of coffee delight. I Waffle House. I haven't had Waffle... Or I hadn't had Waffle House until 2021 oh, was the first year that I oh had Waffle House. God. 2022 was Popeye's Waffle House. Because, I, I mean, again, I live here. I've had In-N-Out a lot. Um, like there's just a lot of things that are different. Um, but it's funny to me because like people, I mean, obviously I cover a sport, college football, that's like yeah. very Southern. So for people to like hear that I haven't had Waffle House before, was like, what? Um, no, um I think there's like one in Oakland, of, well, but. Speaking of uh, Waffle House, because before we do college football stuff, there is college football stuff, some of it on the college football podcast. I'm actually excited <laughs> to read to you Heisman odds, which I'm just coming up for air and looking at. Tiger Woods. Um, yes. There are some college football vibes here. So I wake up yesterday. I see No Laying Up has got the, the uh, you know, the plane tracking up. Yes. And you got the private jet going up from Jupiter straight up here to Augusta. And Big Cat is on his way up there. It turns out with Justin Thomas and Charlie, which, I, I mean, you talk about like a, a dream foursome to be the fourth in. Like that, like, oh my God. Yes. So, um, I... Okay. I love Tiger. You know this. Pod probably knows this. We've talked about it. I love the Masters. I don't I if you've I've walked that course once, I can't imagine a worse golf course, truly, to to walk on like a completely rehabilitated leg. Yeah. So I don't know if this is a good idea, but I don't know why he'd be fucking around with this if he wasn't serious about playing. Even yeah. like he is not going to contend. But even Tiger's sheer presence at the Masters is, and I really hope he does play, would be incredible. Like, it truly, like, I don't know. It, like, just seeing him out there again, like, would be one of the bigger personal sports storylines of the year. Yeah, well, of course. Like, I, um, I think it's, 
first of all, the my the flight tracking thing was the first thing that that came into my mind was like this is like yeah. college football. Oh, like, it's like a coach. coach tracking. Like it's like literally the coaching carousel flight tracker status. And I'm glad yes. that like for because usually there's an overlap in terms of college football and golf fans. Um, but I he just dominates. Like you said, his presence just dominates the the sport of golf. Um, oh. I was reading this thing that said that. Um, Scotty Scheffler is like the number one golfer in the world right now. And he didn't trend on Twitter and Tiger going to practice at Augusta is, was trending on Twitter. And by the way, there's like other things going on in the world while this is happening. We're still dealing with like Chris Rock and Will Smith, all this stuff. Like, and Tiger is still a very, very dominant presence on social media for the sport of golf. So I think him even just being there is a big deal. Um, I think you could I, bet on whether he'll play. I saw this earlier. Right now? Oh, I would. Um, What's and, the line, though? And it was like minus 115, minus 115. I think that was at Circa. Will Tiger play? And it was literally pick him, basically. Yeah. Um, and by the way, his tournament odds to win, terrible bet. He's still 40 to 1, which is crazy, right? Which it's is Tiger. ridiculous. But, um, but, but like, again... I, it's like funny, like you can go like this, like this tail end of his career, whatever it looks like, where he could just show up and like I'll still as a Tiger fan feel great about it because, mm-hmm. you know, he's going to flirt with contention at some point in these. Yes. Like you know, you know how it's going to go. But like he already did the thing where he came back and won the Masters. One of the cooler sporting moments. You mentioned it like twi- like Twitter sporting moments that we've had. Mm-hmm. I think it would be awesome just to kind of see. And whatever the hell he does, he'll probably go into it and miss the cut or not. He's Tiger. He's, you know, who knows? He's Tiger. But just the sheer thought of it, like, shit, we watched him. Was it in February with his son, like limping? I mean, he did not look good. Physically was not in a good place. Yeah. So it's a little surprising that he'd be able to do this. God, though, I hope he does it, Paige. Like, you you got MLB opening day. You got the Masters. Oh, and also next Saturday, you got baseball, Masters, and a UFC fight. Like, this shit, this guy, how many beers is what I want to know. Because a lot beers? of them. How many I, beers? No, I'm so, excited. Um, I think it was two years ago. I watched or I um, made azaleas at home. The like drink. That's like the unofficial yes. drink of the Masters. First of all, they're fantastic. Yes, they're they very sweet. And so I like I limited the amount of um, pineapple juice that I put in them. But they are good. And yes, I will be making good. them again this year. I'm very excited. Yeah. Um, I will be enjoying a little bit of sunshine in Arizona for the weekend. But um, oh, yeah, I'm you. super, super excited to to have him even play. And I think I honestly like I think he plays it until Charlie's in it, and then he's like, okay, then I won't. <laughs> or maybe he'll play in Masters just, against Charlie. I Who just knows? think if he just is like the elder statesman and hangs around and plays golf and like misses cuts and generates crowds and whatever, like. I'm good with that. Like I've yeah. come to terms with that as a fan. Like, um, but you know he's gonna he's gonna eventually contend. Like he's gonna well, get back. Yeah. And maybe, not all the time. Um, I think, but that's okay. I think, and it helps for the sport of golf to have him around because there are plenty of players that can can like grab the attention. Like JT obviously is one of them. Like Scotty Scheffler, like I said, um, Patrick Cantlay, like all these oh. like younger generation of guys like are actually really fun to watch so i feel like even just having tiger there will be like a gateway drug to getting uh people really into golf all i want is just everyone to love golf as much as i love golf i know no i'm with you there um on the football stuff briefly i yes got to go into a portal into my former life as a reporter reporter a reporter <laughs> Your um, portal. <laughs> I'm not drinking canned margaritas. This is just a singular <laughs> beer. Um, so it's fun, Paige. So I we are reporting for the draft. I'm do, we're doing yes. a story on Matt Ariza, um, which I could not be more excited about. By the way, because like part of the fun and being like doing these stories is finding people that I'm genuinely interested in. Um, so the other night, though, I'm like I'm I'm going to interview Matt. I could not find my fucking tape recorder anywhere. I turned up my house for two and a half hours. I find my tape recorder. It's out of batteries. I fire that thing up. New batteries. There are 270 interviews on this thing. And I started listening to them. 
Like I started going down the memory lane. Oh man, from Devonta Smith to James Washington to oh my gosh. like it was wild. It like Nick Saban's on here. Like it was a Lane Kiffin. So I deleted all those. Uh, I oh, listened sad. and then you I deleted. Back them. Well, no, I, I I did back them up and then I deleted them off the recorder. And so I delivered and then, and then I talked to Matt Ariza. So mm-hmm. I want to save some of it for the story. But first off, it's yeah. fuck. I miss it. Second, this is like one badass, cool punter. And it's really interesting. Just like one of the blips, like the preview, like this, he, he got the name Punt God, right? From Pat McAfee and the whole, his whole movement. I think the really interesting element of a punter like this who kicks the ball 80 yards and can, like would literally just, you know, kick returners cannot catch the ball is how somebody like that fits into the NFL where they don't want you doing that shit. They don't want you kicking the ball 80 yards. They want you kicking the ball 50 yards with like five and a half seconds of hang time. And I think it's a really interesting piece of this because he's such a weapon. Um, How Matt Ariza, A, conforms to the NFL and B, how they value somebody who had such an impact on the season. Be a fun story. And he's a really awesome kid, great guy to talk to. So I am, I am like knee deep in reporting once again, which feels good. I love that your first piece back in terms of like feature writing, because obviously you write for us weekly, um, us being Bleacher Report, um, if you're new here. Uh, yes. But uh, I love that it's a punter because like oh, if you and, – and I've had people even like – say to me like everyone knows that that's your like bread and butter um and yeah it is it really is your lane but i've had people like talk to me about the stories that you've written years ago on different punters and things like that and so it's always fun for me to um see how excited everyone gets over because people don't when they think of like very fun sexy stories they don't necessarily think of a punter you'd think quarterback or wide receiver or something like that or like flashy coach but these kind of stories are are our favorite to tell for sure so i'm excited to to get that out there and and we'll have it out soon enough for the people also the art of punting and talking to his coach and I, i need to shut up because this is stuff that we have to ask people to read the art of punting is fascinating I've learned more about punting in the last three days than I think I knew existed. Should on just the science of punting. Should we do like a no punts allowed like documentary series on like the art of punting where we just like sit yeah, and talk where about there the are punts. Where there are you know, punts. That hadn't even dawned on me. Like the name of the podcast is counter to like no, no how excited I am. I feel on, like on, we should um yes. like sponsor a college football punter. Because like it's oh, not that we Yes. Like that would be kind of fun. It would be fun. Just give them a hat, interviews when they come <laughs> up. Like the best part. I'm, yes. Yeah, sure, we'll just get talk, like NCAA like violation or something. And it's not. It totally isn't. I mean, there are kids yeah, being sure paid $8 million. Who knows? Um, I think it'd be kind of fun to have somebody on and just talk about like games each week. And, and, and punters are a little bit more like lenient with their time in terms of like when they're available. Oh, um, that's very nice to put it. Yes. Um, punters yes. and kickers are people too. I fully believe that, but no um, one's lying. All right, all right. Before we get to our number six team, number yeah. six team in the countdown. Which so Heisman odds? Um, they're up at DraftKings. So we've talked a little bit of Heisman odds. I'm not even asking you necessarily to pick. Like no. we'll, we'll do this throughout the off season. But I found this kind of fascinating, and I just want to talk about it because. Pretty soon we're going to start getting win totals. We'll get game of the year odds. There's going to be like betting content galore coming in college football. Okay, so I but just I do, looked at it. Yes. And okay. I found so one some, that I will pick. All right. So some highlights. C.J. Stroud now the favorite at plus two fifty. Bryce Young plus three fifty. A little bit surprising that those aren't flipped. Whatever. Caleb Williams plus seven fifty. D.J. plus twenty five hundred. So. Again, three enormous chalks, and then a huge drop off. Now, this is the this is the sector that I'm interested with. Dylan Gabriel, mm-hmm. thirty to one. Jackson Dart, thirty to one. Tyler Van Dyke, thirty five to one. You got Bijan in there, forty to one. You got Spencer Rattler. Remember him last year? He was like what three to one, forty to one. You got a receiver in Jackson Smith, uh, in Enigma at fifty to one. Bo Nix, remember him? Fifty to <laughs> Please one. Please don't. 
JT Daniels, who doesn't have a team at 50 to one. Um, there's all sorts of stuff on here. Will Anderson Jr. at 60 to one, I think is the best value on the board. I'm just saying, does anything stand out to you here? It sounds like it does. I think Bijan is a great option because quarterback wise, like, I mean, that's obviously the, the better choice is to go with a quarterback, but I don't know. I kind of like, I don't mind that. I don't mind that. Like in terms of like odds and then, cause I mean, of course the favorites, I think Caleb Williams gonna be is tough. a good one. Uh, so it is yeah. because it depends on a lot of other things, but I think for Bijan, like I think he might get his and it could be a year where we don't necessarily focus on the, the quarterbacks because there's so many moving parts. Like there's so many quarterbacks that have gone a bunch of other places. I think maybe this is Bijan's chance to have like a Najee Harris type of year where I, like he's I, I, we love Bijan. Bijan is a friend of the pod. Yes, here, we like, do. I mean um, that's the other part of this my I'm like, dang it, dude, you can't just go with people you know. I didn't pick no, Spencer Rattler, okay? I didn't say Spencer. But I think Bijan no, Robinson at at forty to one is a good is a good future. Um I I am sort of getting on the Miami hype. You know, Ooh. Tyler Van Dyke, if you look at how he played down the stretch for Miami he was like, I mean, he threw for like 300 yards in every game. Miami won, I think, six of its last seven. You add in Gaddis. Like, Van Dyke is a guy, well, clearly we're not really sleeping on him. He's like in the top 10 for Heisman. But like, <laughs> I was. That's technically sleeping. If it's out of the top three, it's. I guess sleeping. if it's out of the top three, but at 35 to one. I'm not. I don't want to do the whole Miami is back thing, but I am. I'm telling oh, you. No. I really, oh no! Oh no! No, I'm sorry. And I we've tried. I, was it you or was it Hayes that wrote on uh, Manny Diaz? Um, no, I think it was Hayes. Hayes um, okay. Oh boy, poor Manny. That feels like it happened twelve years ago. By the way, um, <laughs> that's how everything. No, feels there's though. some. There's just some really interesting. Uh, like Bones. Clemson has two quarterbacks, two uh, on this list, and DJ and also Kate uh, Klubnik at sixty to one, which I find fascinating. Uh, Jamar Gibbs, the new Alabama running back, who by all accounts is crushing it in spring. Of course, I know 60 to 1. So we're going to dive into this list, but I had to bring it up because we love betting and I can't, there's going to be some movement along the way. So, all right. So Bijan for you. is on here. Is he, has he picked a team yet? Yes. LSU. Yes. Oh. Um, Yes. But he's competing for a starting job here. Like again, and it's, you've got. That's kind of interesting. Yeah. You've got, let's go down the list a little bit. You got Cam Rising of Utah at 100 to 1. I don't hate that. The rest of this I don't love. <laughs> uh, like, DTR at 80 to 1 uh, for UCLA. I don't yeah. hate that. Max Johnson, you talk about competition, 80 to 1. Stetson Bennett, no thank you, at 100 to 1. Kate McNamara for Michigan, who may not win the job, at 150 to 1. My guy, Deuce Vaughn who I really want to do a story on, by the way, at Kansas State, 150 to 1. Just saying. I'm pitching it right here. You got a lot. I mean, it's a huge list. Um, J.J. McCarthy of Michigan, 150 to 1. So we need to we need to dive in. But I, I saw these odds today, and I just – I love gambling, so I thought I'd just throw it at you like machine gun style. But let's get to our, our sixth team. Oh, shit. Do we have to go down who we've picked? So – Alabama is gone for both of us. Ohio State is gone for both of us. Georgia is gone for both of us. Um, Utah's gone for me. Clemson is gone yeah. for you. Texas, Texas A&M, A&M is gone, gone for me. For both of us. And for both of us. So with that, our mm-hmm. sixth team in the official No Punts Allowed Top 25. Do you want to go first or you want me to? I'll let you go first because I'm deciding between like three teams. I told you oh, this before perfect. the show. I can't decide. So Clemson is up for me. So we just talked okay. about the fact that they have two quarterbacks in the, you know, the top 20, you know, 25-ish odds for the Heisman. That's definitely the most interesting part. Um, but like this team, so they lost to Georgia. It was a gross game, but you know, they lost to Pitt and they lost to NC State. And that was it. Pitt had Kenny Pickett, really good. NC State was really good. I think they may be really good again. So it wasn't a terrible year for Clemson, even though it looked like it was falling apart. 
That defense was exceptional. The problem, honestly, Paige, he's talking about friend of the pot, is, was DJ. Like, I watched, if you watch that game against Notre Dame, I think it was BC as a freshman mm-hmm. when, when Trevor Lawrence was out. Yeah. He looked like the guy. One of the favorites to win the Heisman. And mechanically, I mean, just watching him throw, the accuracy, something, something happened there. Something was not right offensively. Now, Will Shipley, their running back, is fantastic. Like, really, really good. But they need to find a way to generate the offense because the defense loses some people. The offense has to be better. And, oh, by the way, they're welcoming in, I think, one of the top two quarterbacks in the country. So, still, Clemson is good. And they play in the right conference. They're going to win a lot of games. I just think this is a year where we figure out what DJ is, right? Like, yeah. that's, that's the big question for me. And the big thing too is if if it's not DJ, then they have somebody else, and they are yes. good. They have the talent there. That's the. Correct. This is probably one of the like tougher coaching years for Dabo, and I I am very interested to see how he does because I do, despite his shortcomings in other places, I do think he's a very good football coach. So I'm curious yeah. to see how this season goes for them after you know this this last season was the first year they really had like a down year since really dominating and obviously winning a title and things like that but um i think against my better judgment i'm gonna be so mad i'm gonna do the opposite of what the college football playoff does because my i'm gonna say what who i was debating between i was debating putting notre dame here And if I was the college football playoff, I would put Notre Dame there. But I'm not. So I will go with Utah. I will take Utah and I will take. Yes, I will take your team. Maybe it's because you've convinced me. But I will have faith in the Pac-12 and take Utah at six. By the way, Utah-Florida is like one of the stranger out-of-conference games in recent memory, right? Just like, Mm -hmm. just strange. Great, but just kind of odd. Um I think they're gonna be good. Plus, you're a Pac-12 homer, but I think they're gonna be good. Yeah, I mean, but I'm but I'm more of a realist when it comes to like I don't trust a lot of the teams in the in the Pac-12. Um, I am more on the USC bandwagon than I am on the Utah one, which we said last week. We hope works because, gosh, that would suck. Um, if the hype was was way too much, but no, I think, um, the good part about that non-conference game though is that like. The SEC always has like a weird. I feel like Florida's always kind of a weird um, team where like they get a win or are yes. playing a close game with like an Alabama or a Texas A&M or things like that. Where like that's part of the conversation. So if if they have a win over them, then I think that that is going to carry a lot of weight, and maybe we'll um, the Pac-12 will get more respect from the the you know, uh, playoff. But I don't hold my breath. The, the out of conference with Florida and then San Diego State is pretty good. Like, that's not bad. What's then, their schedule like in terms of, like, who they play when? Let's look. Oh, I gotcha. So you've got conference-wise, you play at Arizona State, Oregon State, at UCLA. You play USC at home, which is good. Then you go to Washington State. That is a letdown game, potentially, although they get a week off. Arizona, go Cats. Stanford. Cats. At Oregon and then at Colorado. Like, again, it all looks very easy on paper, but that looks pretty manageable to me. If you, if you, but the thing is, is any time that this happens, where's the, where's the SC game? The SC okay. game's in Utah. October. In October, oh, where though. It? Yes, yes. Well, I, I'll tell you what, I love betting Utah at home, though. I love betting Utah at home. Like, yeah. And last year they made me somebody. What was it? Arizona State. Oh, there was a couple instances at home. Was it? I mean, the Oregon game was nuts. I mean, remember that the first one. Well, um, so yeah, Utah. Well, I guess the second one too. So yes, Utah. I'm I'm buying this with you. Obviously, we've already yeah. we've already picked them. By the way, after this part of the rankings, I will say it gets really weird for me. Like in the top 25. Well, it sounds like it got kind of weird for you in trying to think, is it Notre Dame? Is it Utah? I think after this point, I start to lose a lot of confidence in my picks. Yeah. Transparency. I'm trying to look for where Utah has to have at least one where there's like a weird Friday game. I'm sure. Always in the Pac-12. 
And that's always one that I worry about because it's coming off a short week. And if it's a team they don't like take pretty seriously, I always get really nervous too because I'm like, shoot. Washington State, playing at Washington State, even off a bye, just reeks of a problem. October 27th, I think, is a Thursday game. Oh, it's even weirder. At Washington State. Yeah, that's that's like. That's the trappiest of traps. That's like I, a, oh, I, we've got this, but that's a trapeze. Those are the ones yeah, in the, the Pac-12 point, the that get us every like, time. Yeah, it's going to be like four and a half. Like, it's only going to be four and a half points, and everyone's going to bet Utah. I know how this goes. Yep, yep. I'll, I'll bet Washington State. Utah will probably win by 30. That's that's how this works. I know. Uh, I, know. It's gonna I can't wait. Oh, can't wait. I know. College football All right, season. so you have to get ready for New Orleans. Um, yes. Have a wonderful time. By the way, beer, real quick. Yeah, what do we, uh, we already did our picks. A little Maplewood. Great can. The old juice pants. IPA. Literally a drawn-on pair of pants. The names of the pants. beers that you choose are so funny. <laughs> yeah, they are. They are. They are, like, <laughs> truly original. Um, but have a wonderful time. Thank you. Eat wonderful, t- uh, wonderful food. I am uh, a little bit jealous. Uh, and hopefully you get good games. They should be good games. Yeah. I mean, if last year's Final Four is any indication, hopefully we have some form of buzzer beater or something really cool um, that happens because I'm I'm ready to experience college basketball and all of its greatness since I've done that with college football for the last few years. Um, next week, by the way, we have Masters picks. More yes, CFB Masters stuff. galore. And also, I have to start getting ready for my trip to Disney World, and I need to kind of emotionally prepare. It's coming up in a couple of weeks. And so I'm perfect I'm timing. The, the mailman just got here and rang the doorbell. <laughs> My dog. Perfect um, timing. All right. But yes, that is a I good can't wait. Off. So that is Paige, a great send off. I am Adam. For and what Paige, is your dog for name? Adam, for Hank. Cheers. <laughs>